It's now time for the Main Event Sports Show with your host, Haven Harrington, Rashawn Myers, and produced by Jerry Hazard. The Main Event Sports Show is brought to you by Verizon Wireless, Lavish Life Hair Boutique, The Peer Group. You can follow the Main Event Sports Show at MainEventSports101.com. You can also follow the Main Event Sports Show on Twitter at MeSports. And you can also download the Main Event Sports Show app. Just go to your favorite app store and search Main Event Sports Radio. It's now time for the Main Event. Man, it is awesome, man. We are broadcasting live from 3505 South Monroe in the Shriners Club here in Tallahassee, Florida. After a uh, great win here at uh, Dope Campbell Stadium. So to all our listeners around the world who are listening on the Main Event Sports app, who are streaming us live on the internet right now at MainEventSports101.com, follow us folks listening in T-Town. Come and join us right now to Shriners at 3505 South Monroe. Man, we are putting it in. Came all the way down here to watch uh, the University of Louisville Fighting Cardinals, the Beakwick Teeth, take on the Florida State Seminoles in in an epic pillow fight of epic proportions at Dope Campbell Stadium. It was a game of two teams that wanted to lose, but one wanted to lose just a little bit less than the other one. Hey, hey, let me tell you something, man. When, when I look at that game, uh, you know, my, my man Dave Chappelle said it best, man. It, it, it smelled like aftershave and sadness in that place. Like, it was unbelievable. We went around town, went to a few different spots uh, last night, um, you know, hits the t- Tennessee Avenue and uh, went up and down, went to some eateries and some local establishments. And uh, it just – it wasn't – there was no buzz. And, and you could not have told me with a – a uh, game as momentous and as outstanding as it was last year between Louisville and Florida State, the hype, the way Florida State ended the season, if you would have told me that there would literally have been no one come out uh, and, and just no excitement. I didn't even see any Louisville fans, man. Like, like there were no Louisville fans. Like, usually anytime we go out of town, you'll see at least five, six, seven SUVs with the flags flying and the Louisville fans walking around the city enjoying the atmosphere, especially when you go to Florida. Anytime there's a big Florida trip, uh, the Louisville fans are always in the building. And, and it was not like that. Um, you know, it, it was just – it was – Interesting. Now, now you know what? Now, to, to, to be fair, um, I, I do think that the game ended up being pretty good. It was pretty entertaining. It was not always the cleanest football. It was, you know, sometimes it was almost who didn't want to win, you know. But I, I think for the most part, it ended up being a pretty entertaining game. Cardinals came through 31-28. Um, but clearly, uh, there are some things that need to be done on both ends. But I think for Louisville, this was a must win to try to save their season. You know, this was actually a must win. For both teams, because you had Florida State two and three looking at Murderer's Row coming up to try to get back to a, uh, any type of bowl game this season to salvage their season. Louisville was, was at four and three, possibly with the loss going to four and four, and with a you know with the Murderer's Row themselves of games coming up. So this was literally a must win for both teams, and they came out and the first series they both played like it was a must win. And then the, and then they play football after that with Midland amounts of execution and Midland's amount of yeah of coaching on, on, on both sides. It was 
it was Florida State and, and Louisville, and it was a game. I mean, yes, I don't want to sound disappointed, but it was just it was just a game. You could see that both teams were trying to they were kind of trying their best, but it just wasn't working. Like Louisville's defense did just enough, had enough stops to keep them in the game, but I wasn't really sure if it was like Louisville's defense actually getting stops or just bad play calling on Florida State's part, not taking advantage of our defense weaknesses. Well, I don't I don't really know if it was actually our defense or Blackman, the two f- true freshman, the quarterback from Florida State. He missed a lot of wide-open passes, like by overthrowing or just a bad read. But um, I think the play of the game was obviously Florida State. Is Thank you. But a bad throw. He didn't read it. He didn't read very well. Thank you. Yeah. But uh, but I think the the play of the game for me was Florida State calling that timeout before we missed that field goal. So we had it. one more shot, one more opportunity, and one more chance. So. Now to me, the the, the real play of the game was the uh, unnecessary roughness tackle on James Hearns. He came in and sacked the quarterback. He got an unnecessary roughness. I personally think it was a bad call, but it was on a fourth down. It was fourth and ten, unnecessary roughness. Florida State's lives, drive stays alive. They fumbled the ball into the end zone, recovered a fumble in the end zone, scored a touchdown, and cut the lead uh, down to 20, uh, 28-14, 28-21 at that point, and momentum completely shifted. They got back in the game. We go three and out. They come right back down the field and score, tie the game up 28-28. So that – that penalty right there really changed the momentum of the game. But luckily, we have number eight, Lamar Jackson, who, who did just enough to to pull it out for us. Now, first of all, you're not doing that enough. That was the worst personal foul, roughing the passer penalty I've ever seen in my life. Like, it was horrible. Like, literally, um, uh, Hearn, James Hearns had his arms fully wrapped around Blackman as he was throwing the ball already. Blackman was already going to the ground as he was tackling him. And literally, the the ref threw the flag. I feel as if they threw the flag because they felt sorry for Florida State. Like, it was a a pity flag. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes there are pity flags in life. And and, and they gave him a little bit of grace, a little bit of mercy. And to Florida State's credit, they did take advantage of it. They got the the touchdown. And I actually mentioned on Twitter during the game that, you know, a lot of times that's when momentum shifts happen. Is, is when you have something like that, you have a big turnaround or a stroke of luck. And in football, uh, Uncle Mo means everything. That, that momentum is huge. And, and I think that Florida State was able to carry that momentum. Um, Louisville got a little bit conservative on their very next drive, went three and out after three very, very conservative run plays. Um, you know, Louisville ends up punting it. James Blackman throws an amazing touchdown pass, um, you know, to into the corner of the end zone. That's the, the thing that I've noticed about Blackman is that, while, yes, he, he threw some very errant passes, he threw a couple of interceptions, um, the young man has some talent. Um, but as, you know, Havis, as you talked about, man, it just he's just not ready for that stage. The young man was expected to redshirt this year. He was not expected to play, um, you know, uh, DeAndre Francois, uh, the, the redshirt sophomore quarterback, was expected to be the man. Blackman was going to redshirt, and then they were just going to go from there. But, of course, you, you lose Francois the first game, and, you know, Jimbo Fisher had some tough decisions to make. He pulled the redshirt off Blackman, uh, and the rest is history. Um, but, you know, I, I think that um, Florida State has some building blocks, but, man, I, it's, it's un- like the energy – 
you know, you talked about it. Olivia, I want to know, you know, I know you were, um, you know, out there with the people um, kind of taking the, the temperature of the room. What did it feel like uh, out there during the game, just from beginning to end? Um, it was exciting. I think my favorite part about traveling is uh, not necessarily just seeing, watching my team, but seeing traditions and seeing how other schools do it. And um, I know the energy was low, but honestly, like Louisville's got some catching up to do with, with getting the crowd into it and just the chants and the cheers. But I almost felt like I was at a Louisville home game that every time their defense came out, almost felt like they were kind of holding their breath just like we did, just like our little section was. And it's almost like it was the two teams, like the can't-get-rights this season. But, I mean, the energy, it would go down. And, I mean, it went up and down, but I don't really think, even from the chatter around me of the Florida State fans, they weren't really expecting too much. They were hoping and wishing and praying, but they were not expecting. But... It, it was definitely way higher at the beginning, but when Lamar came out and um, got the first touchdown on our first drive down the field, I mean, it went – it pretty much – they pretty much shut up a little bit. They got a little more quiet, but, yeah, I feel like they were holding their breath a lot just like we have been this season. So. You know, and that's true. But, hey, I just want everybody to know that we're broadcasting live from the Shriners Club, 3505 South Monroe in beautiful Tallahassee, Florida. You know what? And we have a couple of things that I want to mention to all the people out there listening right now around the world. Thank you for tuning in. I'd like to thank Dennis Swift for tuning in from E-Town. I love you, man. I'd like to thank all the people listening. Uh, Mark tuning in from Afghanistan right now. Big ups to Mark. Thanks for keeping us safe. So, uh, hey, you guys doing it big. Keep doing it big. But more importantly, man, before we go, or actually before we even cut to our first commercial break, I just want everybody to know, November 4th, 222 Isla Avenue, it's going down. It's going down big. The main event sports show's 10th anniversary party. And this man right here, the Green Eye Bandits, 40th birthday celebrity bash, going down November 4th at 222 Isla Avenue from 9 until we just get too tired. You know, tickets only $5.00. VIP is $20. You can pick up tickets at the door. You can give uh, Jay, uh, our producer Jay has a call and pick up tickets from him as well. You do not want to miss the Celebrity Birthday Bash. We got Mario Ridia coming down, former Cincinnati Bengal, former uh, Universal of Cardinal, Martrell Jones, former Dallas Cowboys going to be there. We have uh, you know guys play for the Braves, the Reds, Ray John Rondo. We got a whole bunch of guys come down there. We want you down there with us. So, hey. November 4th, 222 Isler Avenue at a Super Student Athletes. Main event sports show is going to be there with our 10th anniversary party. You want to be there too. I'm telling you, it's going to be the hottest show in town. Yeah, it's definitely going down, man. And I just want to give a shout out to the to, to the Shriners, man, because we went out last night. You know, everybody knows that when main event goes out, we always got to hit the, the, the live spots every Friday and Saturday night. And we went to the Shriners last night to the lounge. It was going down. First of all, you get in there, they had the, the, the buffet set up. So they had the food going. 
and they had the, the nice, you know, the, the nice refreshments. So I'll just say it like that. That very nice refreshments. So make sure everybody comes down there. The music was popping. Florida always has its own little flavor to things, man. I love it every time we make our way down here. But but you guys make sure you come out. I definitely want to see everybody come out to the party. It's going to be huge. We're going to have a lot of our friends, um, a lot of guys with, with, with gold on, on their shoulders. My man Carlos Dixon, uh, congratulations to him. Uh, he's now 2-0. and It's professional had a big win uh, in Atlanta so I was very happy to hear about him um, so you know there's just so much going on with the main event sports show 10th anniversary 10 years the longest running sports show in the city of Louisville longest running sports show in the 502 main event sports make sure you come out party with us if you want to celebrate with me, somebody's going to have to be happy. I'm still a little emotional in my feelings over my birthday, uh, but Jay wanted to, you know, associate this thing with my birthday, so I, I will take that. But I, I'm, I'm extremely excited about it. But you know what? We're going to go ahead, take our first break. I know my man Dennis Swift Jr., uh, he has a comment on the game. We will get to that comment when we get back. The best way to contact us, because we are live out on location, is to hit us up on the Facebook live feed. We're going to take all your questions live on the air. So just like Dennis, you can get in next. You are listening to Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, Miss Olivia coming here to you live. Uh, 104.7 WLOU, Main Event Sports, and we'll be right back. Yo. All right. All right, gotcha. All right. There you go. He started right. Sean and brush his teeth. Okay. Tallahassee, here we come, do da, do da. Tallahassee, here we come, oh, do da, day. Now, I'm just going to talk a little bit through this commercial break on because we're recording live here. Man, the big bash and the big celebration going on November the 4th at 222 Isla Avenue, Louisville, Kentucky at Super Student Athletes. It's going down. I'm telling you, it's going to be the biggest birthday bash ever. Main Event Sports, 10th anniversary. 10th anniversary, the longest running sports show in the Kentucky and the area. People said we couldn't do it. People say a black sports show can't last in Louisville. It can't happen. People said a black sports show can't last anywhere. You can't have a black sports show in Louisville on a black network. That's impossible. Never been done before. Never going to happen. But you know what? 
We got to see ESPN come once, go out of business. Come back twice, go out of business. Come back a third time, we're still here. I'm telling you, that's how we do it. We're going to celebrate like it's going out of style because we're bringing to 222 Isla Avenue, November the 4th. We're bringing the one, the only, the world-famous DJ Smurf. It's going to be in the building, on the wheels and steels, on the ones and twos, mixing and scratching. I'm telling you, you did not want to miss it. We're taking this party old school hip-hop. I mean, it's going to be off the chain, and we want you there as well. I'm telling you, it's, it's, going, to be, it's going to be crazy. we got some special guests coming through. Um, I'll be remiss if I didn't mention our good friend Evander Holyfield, Turned 55 yesterday, so I want to give a big ups to, I mean Thursday, so I want to give a big ups to Evander Holyfield, the real deal himself on his birthday. Thanks for that shout out on Twitter you gave us, Evander. And I can't wait to go back to Atlanta, man, and catch your next fight. We haven't forgot about you, Evander. We're coming back down to hang out with you again, Doc. So I'm telling you, man, this, this is going to be huge. My man over here is turning 40, so you got your 40th birthday bash? Yeah, I told you about your age. Be proud you're 40. You made it this far. you green-eyed punk. <laughs> Normally guys with green eyes die early. So you should be happy you made it this far. I'm telling you. So you got to celebrate. You never know when green eyes can make it again. Black guys and green eyes don't last too long. So, you know, we're proud of you. You're always the first brothers down horror movies. So you should, should be happy you made it this far. So, yes, I want everybody to tune in. November the 4th, 222 Island Avenue. Come out and check us out. Our tickets are only $5. VIPs, $20, excuse me. VIPs, 20 You know, free food, drinks. I mean, excuse me, it's a cash bar. I don't want to. First drink is free. Cash bar after that. So, hey, come out, hang out with us. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have fun. And we want you there. Because, you know, we got some big things coming up with the Man Even Sports Show. And, you know, we want to have some big announcements going forward. And we have some big announcements on that day as well. So, hey, tune in because the Man Even Sports Show is coming. It's coming to a radio station near you because we're going to announce the Man Even Sports Show expansion. Coming up soon. We're coming down south. There's a couple of cities you're going to be able to tune in at 6 to 7 to hear us on besides Louisville, Kentucky. So tune in and pay attention. Hey, yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, we, we stay on the road. We try to make sure we can get as interactive as possible. That's why we call ourselves uh, the, the people's radio show. You know what I'm saying? We, we're not about uh, just going out there and towing the line, talking about UK, UofL, um, you know, acting like they're the only thing that exists. The people exist. What do people want to talk about? What's going on in the community? So we, we always try to be community aware, community active. Uh, we like to get out and socialize. That's why we get out and go to the parties. I'm not going to call out no names, but a lot most of these radio shows, these guys sit back there, and they're, they're talking about their little sports and their little stats, and then they go home and play Dungeons and Dragons in their basement. That's not the main event sport, so that's not what we do. We get out there, we play hard, we work hard, you know what I'm saying? We're we out in the, in the city, you know, trying to tackle problems. You know, we, we, we go at things front and center. We to bring up a lot of topics that a lot of people don't necessarily find favorable. But that's what we do. We're the world's most dangerous sports show. So we're going to tackle it head on. That's the attitude that we bring, uh, and that's how we like to do things. Now, being the state of Florida, I would be remiss if I didn't give a shout-out to another friend of Man Event Sports Show, Uncle Luke, Miami. Uncle Luke, I'm, te Luke, I'm telling you, man, your Hurricanes are doing it. You told me they would, they're getting it done. I didn't believe you, Luke. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. Well, you, you say that, but Syracuse just scored a touchdown. They just brought it within two scores with a nice touchdown run. Syracuse, who upset Clemson last week, now is 28-14. So, Uncle Luke might want to, you know, he might be getting a little shaky right now. I, I'm just saying. No, 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 no. You don't understand. Uncle Luke is never wrong when it comes to his hurricanes. I'm telling you. I, I've known the man for years. I'm telling you. He's on point. Uncle Luke's on point. He knows what he's doing. We got this. We got this. And when we go down to Miami, we'll hang out. We're coming, Uncle Luke. I forgot about you, man. The main event sports show is coming to Miami. We're live. We're in Tallahassee now, but we're coming to Miami next. We got to do this first. Mom lives here. You know what I'm saying? It's family. It's home. We got to do this first. Oh, big big shout out there to uh, to Gabby, who's uh, watching the show. Uh, de- dedicated viewer there. Hey, we're waving to Gabby right now. Everybody wave to Gabby. There we go. So you know what? Let's go ahead and let's uh, – Let's kind of change course a little bit. You know, we talked about the Louisville-Florida State getting implications, but, hey, Louisville got the big win. That's what matters. They got the win. Uh, they're five and, what, three now? So now there's one more win to a bowl game so they can make it. But hold up. We have a uh, – but but you know what? There's one comment that needs to be addressed, and I'm happy you pointed out there. Our good friend Dennis Swift Jr. of Dragonfly Mixed Martial Arts, avid UofL fan, wanted to say that he couldn't understand a fourth and one with the game on the line and Petrino did not put the ball in Jackson's hands. You know what? And that's something that we were in a press box wondering about. You know, you run the ball with, with Reggie Bonifant, a fourth and one, who's not the heaviest guy. You have your power back. Day Williams is back. He had a couple of good carries, uh, had a nice little 20-yard scamper for a, a touchdown. 40 yards, and a, 40 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he, he was running the ball well on like four or five carries, so he was doing well. But you put the smallest guy you could possibly have into the game to run on fourth and one, and, and you don't get it. Now, you would think you put the ball in, in Lamar's hands, your, your Heisman Trophy winner, or a bigger back to possibly get to contact and maybe get that extra yard. But do you think maybe he decided to go with Reggie just because that maybe Florida State would have been thinking that's where the ball was going? It was Lamar rather than Reggie maybe – you know what I'm saying? They probably assumed, I would have assumed, I did assume that the ball was going to stay with Lamar. So I'm sure Florida's defense assumed the same. You know, and that's and that's a calculated guess you know you have to make. And as when Bobby Petrino said in a press conference, you know, the reads dictate where the ball goes. But still, fourth and one, I would prefer either give the ball to the big back and let them, you know, roll over a couple of guys or – let the fastest man that you have on the team, the Heisman Trophy winner, the shiftiest guy out there, put the ball in his hands and, and sees what happens. But, hey, Louisville got the win. It was a tough win. They got a bye week coming up. They get to rest. Hopefully they get to heal a little bit, come back out, and play a very tough Wake Forest team, which I would never said Wake Forest was tough during the summer, but kind of seeing how this Louisville defense is, if you have any type of competent, competency at quarterback, you're going to give these guys fits. So every game is going to be that tough team no matter who they are. Yeah, you know what? That was the one thing that I was very disappointed in Jimbo Fisher. He's a guy who, uh, an offensive coordinator by trade. Uh, you know, he's a guy who's a very, he's always been a very intelligent guy. It seems like every time Louisville played Florida State, Louisville would do very well defensively in the first half, and then Jimbo would make some adjustments, and then they would just take off offensively. And I don't think it was the most intelligent game plan today. I think that for some odd reason, he's trying to give Blackman all these responsibilities to make all these reads and all these throws down the field where, um, Louisville had shown uh, a propensity to give up the, the short and intermediate, basically stop routes, um, late releases of 
of the running backs or the tight ends out of the backfield, um, you know, where it's pretty much easy throws for young quarterbacks or inexperienced quarterbacks to make. We saw Boston College do it, uh, you know, for two and a half quarters last week. Um, and I was surprised that Florida State made an effort to just continue to try to throw the ball down the field. It seemed like every time they gave the ball to Jack Westpatrick, he was getting four or five, six yards. Um, you know, when they did throw it short, it was there. But then you would inexplicably see them drop back and try to throw the ball down the field. That's how he got both of his interceptions were on overthrows. Um, and I just don't think it was necessary. I don't know if Jimbo just got uh, impatient. Um, but, you know, th there was a lot of questions. Jimbo Fisher was not on his game as far as making play calls in that game. And I was doubly upset with Bobby Petrino and his uh, clock management. Bobby, I I'm going to call you Robert for this one. Robert, Robert, for real? Seriously? I mean, clock management, nine seconds left in the at the end of the first half as well as at the end of the game, nine seconds left at, at both times. And he decides, you know, to rush the kicker on in both situations. Bobby tried to center the ball at least in the second half, and then he apparently got called for a false start. I don't know how you get a false start when everybody knows you're just going to hike it and center the ball. But I digress. But, I mean, he messed it. I just uh, – hey, I mean, am I missing something? What's going on with Bobby? Is, is, it the, is, it, is it just the pressure getting to him? What's going on? with? Because we have seen these issues with clock management all year. You know, Bobby's always had that issue with clock management. Even the first time he was at UofL, the difference is you can overlook it because of how the offense was running, how the defense was running, his coaching acumen kind of, you know, just kind of blurred over his end-of-game clock management skills. And to be honest with you, the first time he was around, you know, we were scoring so many points, it really didn't matter. But now you're seeing that these small details are coming – are very important now because Louisville, the past couple of games, they've been close. You know, you played, you know, Boston College down to the wire. Everything's coming close now. The, the pressure's tightening up on him. You actually have to worry about clock management where before he never had to worry about clock management. And now it's becoming very important. And, and the play calling was very weird. You know, he had like that, that second down uh, play there where he uh, where they ran the ball like like 20 seconds left to go in the game. And they ran the ball. And he's like, what are you doing? You know, if you're going to run the ball, fine. Run it to the middle of the field. Then they get the ball back. And, you know, they had to take a timeout where they should have taken. Actually, they should have taken a timeout and didn't. They tried to go up there and just run a play real fast. But they can't because they don't call the plays. You ever feel like Bobby Petrino is like, uh, remember the Fonz in, in the Waterboy movie? How when the other coach was in his head, he was like sitting on top of the football and acting like a chicken and clucking, just being all weird. Like he's like in his own head. I don't know if if Bobby and but even when Bobby was here the first time, it would seem like if he got big leads against Rutgers or against Miami, it would seem like once that pressure got to him, he would either get really conservative. We saw that happen with the three and out, uh, and we saw questionable play calls. And, and, and I don't. No, I don't necessarily think Bobby Petrino handles the pressure of the moment very well. Uh, and that's something that, that he's got to get better at. This Louisville team needs all the help they can get. And for Jimbo, uh, Dennis brought it up as well. Um, now Blackman's hurt. He got hurt on the last play of the game on basically a, a failed Hail Mary attempt to try to throw the ball down the field. And he's like, now what's what's Florida State going to do? If, I mean, if, if he ends up losing, if that's any sort of injury where Blackman's going to get out, Haven, I mean – what what happens to Florida State then? Uh, Florida State's in the world of hurt. I mean, first of all, the season's over anyway. Let's be honest. At the beginning of the season, and I talked to a lot of Florida State fans while we were here, 
at the beginning of the season, Jimbo Fisher thought that he had a national championship caliber team. He thought for sure this was it. He thought he fixed the offensive line issues from last year. Francois a year older. He had some experience. You had, you know, talented wide receivers. You had a talented defense. A defense on paper that should have been almost as talented as Clemson's defense. And then you get blasted by Alabama. You lose your starting quarterback. And Florida State has never been able to pull themselves up after that. And then the injuries started piling up. Florida State is now down to their – they lost their starting wide receiver this game as well to injury. So now they lost their three starting wide receivers. They lost their starting cornerback. I mean, that team was just decimated with injuries. And they may win maybe two more games for us this season, and that's it. This may be Florida State's first losing season in, like, forever. I mean, this is the first time they went 0-3 at home. Since 1974, 43 years since they've gone 0-3 at home. That's crazy. And now this may be the first losing season literally in like 20, 25 years. Man, off a team that everybody thought was going to be a national championship caliber team. And I tell you what, Haven, Ron Simmons is not walking through that door to come save those guys. Let me tell you something. That picture of Ron Simmons with a jerry curl was was epic. I mean, okay, so like when you go to like Florida State's press box, they have like the pictures of like of course like all the great Florida State players: Belichnikov and you know Amp Lee, Charlie Ward, Charlie Ward Chris Winkie, Deion Sanders. And then there's a big picture of Ron Simmons, aka Farouk from the WWE, with the moistest curl I have ever seen. <laughs> I mean, the curl is just like glistening in the Florida sun. It's nice and moist. It's, I mean, it's, it's like a nice little afro shape. It's just, it's just perfect. The man standing there has a wide nostrils. He's like barely smiling. He has the half shirt on like Ezekiel Elliott, you know, but he's cut. And he's standing with the Superman pose. He's not smiling at all. But that curl just glistens. It, it looked like a Soul Glow commercial, I'm telling you. That, that, that picture is so awesome. I had to take a picture of that picture. Because it was so awesome. And I, I cannot wait to tweet it out to my man Ron Simmons on Twitter so he can see this picture of him and all his Florida State greatness with that curl just a glistening in the You know, you would think the Florida Sun would dehydrate a curl, but his curl was like epically moist. I mean, it, it was moist, but it was like dripping of Jerry Curl juice. You know, some guys just put like way too much activator on, it's like dripping all over the place. It's like this guy to shower, just. Moist water everywhere, just activate all over you and all their friends and everybody else. No, all his, all the activated moisturizers stay in the curl. It's like the perfect curl, the perfect Jerry curl. And I don't know how you get Jerry curl in Tallahassee because it's like a thousand degrees down here, and you run around your football helmet smell like activator. But but that's okay. But he did it. His helmet never flew off or nothing. It was like the world's perfect curl. I'm to that picture, Ron. So I'm gonna put it up on our Facebook page. Go to our Main Event Sports Facebook page, and you're gonna see the perfect picture of my man Ron Simmons with the world's most perfect curl. Eric Dickerson would be jealous of this curl. I'm telling you, awesome curl. You know what? We'll take a, a quick commercial break, and we come back. We got so many more things to talk about. Uh, Tom George got fired. Rick Pitino was fired. 
uh, chaos and mayhem, cats and dogs are fun. UK is doing UK things and getting blown out by Mississippi State. The Raiders were the miracle comeback, but then they lose Marshawn Lynch for a game because he was like super stupid. Mm. We got all this and much, much more when we come back on your main event sports show on 104.7 WLOU, the new home of the Tom Joyner Morning Show. Uh, uh, you, you're gonna call, call me on another line. You want, so you gonna stay on this line and call me on another line? So, so you want you want us to hang up from this line and then call on another line? So, but are we gonna stay on this line or are we disconnected? Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Well, that was hilarious. It was. It was extra juicy. I'm like, dang, dude. I know, right? This is the world's perfect curl. That's the best picture. That's the best picture in press box. It was Ron Simmons and Jerry Curl. All right, all right. <laughs> Sorry about that, sir. Is this better? the best one. No, that was absolutely the best one. Hey. They would have had Dion with his, his Jerry Curl out. This girl chose like long. Yeah. This is like a fro. He had that DJ quick. Yeah. <laughs> hey, your buddy was, uh, remember he was first walking in the stadium and he had those people standing around that was on stage, somebody was on stage talking. That was your buddy. Warwick? Warwick Dunn. That's why it's Peter. Yeah. Peter Warwick. Yeah, whatever. I'm just one of those works. <laughs> one of them works. Peter Warwick was my man. That dude was bad. Hey, did you know Warwick Dunn bought a house for, um, my mind just went blank, for the, the Clemson Scrub back last year? <coughs> What's his name? Deshaun Watson? Yeah, Deshaun Watson. So, like, Warwick Dunn's this thing where he was, like, buying single mother's homes when he first got in the league. One of the first families he bought a house for was happened to be Deshaun Swatson's family. Really? Yes. That's crazy. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. He still does it. Really? Mm hmm. Oh, one of like, the first couple of houses he bought was for uh, Deshaun Watson. Really? Yep. 
That's right. The Maven Sports Show is coming to you live from Tallahassee, Florida, from 3505 South Monroe at the beautiful Shriners Club. You know, I want to give a big shout-out to Lamonte Peterson and Mr. Peck and all the guys that we met last night or talking to right now. They had their Chocolate Affair last night that we happened to, we were happy to be there. That a great fundraiser for their youth group here at the Shriners. I mean, they do big things here in Tallahassee. They're, but their Shriners got together, man. They got they got a whole block to themselves. A lounge, a club, football team, soccer team. They got everything over here, man. They're doing it. We got all sorts of trophies above the bar. These guys are doing I don't know what we got trophies for, but we got trophies above the bar. That's how big these guys are down here in Tallahassee. They ain't playing around. They literally have a whole strip mall to themselves. Daycare. Chemical washing plant next door, uh, car wash, uh, restaurant, the Jericho activator stand next door. They got, they got everything down here in Tallahassee. I'm telling you. But you guys need to come down here and hang out with the Shriners in Tallahassee, Florida, because they just do a big They got a birthday party night. Man, we're here in, in, in the lounge. Uh, the, floor, the FAMU banners behind us. They're big up to FAMU. I know that, hey, FAMU, look, I know the football team is horrible. Don't worry about it. You still got the best band in the land. That's all that matters. Take, take it to halftime, suckers. Take it to halftime. And you got them. I know how you do, fam. You, you can lose the game, but you ain't losing halftime. And if you've ever been to a black college football game, you know if you win halftime, you can claim victory for the game. So fam, you's undefeated this year. Because of March 100, I know it's undefeated. Thank God. You know what? Let's uh, switch subjects a little bit. And let's talk about Kentucky. The Kentucky Wildcats, five and one. Five and one. Tied for first. No, the second in the SEC East. Sole possession of second place in the SEC East. If they would have beat Florida, they would be first place in the SEC East. Kentucky, your Kentucky Wildcats. With Steven Johnson, the quarterback, they got beat out at Grambling and had to transfer to Kentucky. Five and one, playing Mississippi State, a chance to, to make it to a top 25. There's a lot of people in Kentucky were mad. We're five and one. Why are we not a top 25 program? We beat South Carolina. We beat East Kentucky. We beat a whole bunch of other teams that were in the Midland affairs. Now we're going to play Mississippi State. Dan Mullen, if we beat Mississippi State, Kentucky will be on the map. We know Kentucky would have arrived as a football team. We'll be taken seriously if they can go to Starksville, take Todd Grantham's defense like they took Todd Grantham's defense last year, rack up 45 points, and win the game. But Lotus is Kentucky, and Kentucky does Kentucky things. And one of the best things Kentucky things could ever do is that they get close. They can taste greatness. They can feel greatness. They can put their hands in the cookie jar of greatness and then pull out nothing. <laughs> and that's exactly what Kentucky's doing right now. They went down to Starksville with their hand in the cookie jar. Hand in the cookie jar. Mama's not around to catch you. Your hand's right there. You grab hold of that chocolate cookie. You got that chocolate cookie in your hand. You got the Oreo double stuff right there, ready. Ready to taste that chocolate candy. You know it's going to be sweet in your mouth. 
You're not going to be vindicated, taken seriously. And no, you go down to Starksville with everything on the line and you're getting blown out. <laughs> 31 to Mississippi State isn't even good. They're horrible. And you're getting beat 31 to 7 in the second quarter. No, no, fourth quarter with 12 minutes to go in the game. They can still come back. Yeah, not. 37 to 7 now and uh i was gonna i was gonna actually show some props for the big blue nation which i never ever do i was gonna say at least they scored like at least they you know it's not a zero and then i see kentucky gets lucky bounce for touchdown so i was trying i was gonna try but i still got nothing for you i'm sorry kentucky that's okay kentucky wildcats say look you'd be five and two you're better than us so hey, i'll admit that kentucky you're better than us you'll probably beat us in Commonwealth or kroger field whatever you call your stadium now but that's but that's okay. I, that I have resigned myself to the fact we're going to lose Kentucky. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. But come on, Kentucky. I'm trying to root for you, man. First of all, no, I'm never okay with losing Kentucky ever in life. So that, that's first of all. That's about as ridiculous as going to the FSU game today and seeing the the the, the Florida Gator fan walking in. I'm like, what's he doing here? And no, there was a Florida Gator fan and there was a Miami fan there as well. Uh, and I, they don't have nothing to do with Louisville or, or Florida State, but they were there anyway. That's because tickets were cheap. You know what? Let's be honest. I mean, this is Florida State and Louisville. This was like a marquee, like at the beginning of the season, this was like college game day type of hype. You know, you knew it was like college game day is going to be there. There's going to be 8 o'clock tip-off in Dope Campbell Stadium. It's going to be crazy. And no, what happens? You get to the stadium. You guys could have bought tickets for $7. $7. After after to step Heisman, to see a Heisman Trophy winner, you can get in the door for less than what it costs for a supersized meal at McDonald's. With the StubHub fees, that seven dollar ticket may have been like twelve dollars, but still twelve dollars for a mark, which should have been a marquee matchup. So I can see why the Miami fans showed up because they want to pay money to watch Florida State lose. I get that. I get that completely. I get that. That's your rival. We're going to watch them lose. And it's like the worst season Florida State has had in decades. So you really want to enjoy this and savor it. So that, that's a good $12 investment. The Florida Gator fan, he's just trying to see good football. And I understand. You know, Florida Gator fans coming out to watch an offensive team do offensive things. That's something that does not happen in Gainesville. It's offense. So that's what they came to see, offense. Like, oh, this is how you throw the ball. This is how running backs run. No, this is interesting. Why can't we do this? And then move on. I, I, I get that. I, I get that completely. But Kentucky, hey, you're almost there, buddies. Keep trying. Keep chopping the wood, as, as Greg Shawner used to say when he was at Rutgers. Chop the wood, Kentucky. Chop the wood, and you guys going to be there. But you know what? Let's uh, switch subjects a little bit. And as we switch subjects, we need to talk about the firing of one Thomas Jurich at the University of Louisville. I mean, we all knew what was going to happen. If you listen to the Miami Sports Show at any time over the past month, we told you Tom Drudge, the former athletic director of the University of Louisville, was going to get fired. And I told you guys this. I told you as soon as they fired the president, James Ramsey, Tom was next. Now, Rick beat, Rick beat him to the punch because Rick did Rick-like things. But, you know, I, I understand why, like, Everybody's upset. Now, I understand. Tom did an amazing job as athletic director 
of the University of Louisville, all the facilities he's built, uh, the swimming, diving, the, you know, he, he's built the uh, the rowing facilities for you know the rowers, a brand new tennis facility. I mean, the the softball stadium, the track. Uh, he uh, expanded Papa John's twice. Now going on the third expansion. I mean, he's done a, a lot. He's completely transformed Floyd Street. The athletic department is a thousand times better than what it was before. But even even with that said, I understand why they fired Tom Druitt. I get it. But I'm going to say this. Greg Postal and the board directors were very, very sloppy. They're very sloppy the way they handled the whole situation. I think the whole situation could have been handled a lot better. And unfortunately, it wasn't. And because it wasn't handled better, now you have this great divide in incarnation. Now you have Louisville fans talking about they're going to sell their season tickets. They're not going to come to any more games. They're not coming to basketball games. They're not coming to football games. We're boycotting Papa John's Pizza. We're never eating the Papa John's Pizza again because he voted to oust our uh, our esteemed athletic director. But don't be mad at Papa John's. Don't be mad at Papa John's because he walked out months ago and said, this thing's not being ran right, things are not being done correctly, and bounced. So don't, don't get mad at Papa John's when he votes against Tom Jurich in the, in the, in the board of directors meeting because he, he told you what he was going to do last year. So you can't get mad at PG. You can't get mad at Papa John's. He tried to warn people. I remember when when folks got mad two years ago when Steve Weiser and Mrs. Bingham were on the board of the foundation, and they tried to tell people, "Hey, you know, this money is kind of being mishandled. You guys need to look at this." And all the U of L fans wanted the governor Matt Bevin to appoint a new board to get these guys out of there because they're talking bad about their president James Ramsey. So Matt Bevin obliged you. And got rid of the board and appointed a new board. And then that new board here appointed, uh, appointed with James Ramsey's help because James Ramsey, one of those two whistleblowers, gone too. So he was kind of happy they were gone. And what did the new board do? They fired James Ramsey. <laughs> and then they had an audit. So they had, a, they had a big accounting firm doing an accounting audit of the foundation. And when they did that audit of the foundation, what did they find? They found that Tom Jurich... And James Ramsey were using the foundation funds. Now, it's not illegal, but it is bad practice to use the foundation funds to prop up the athletic department, which is something that you shouldn't do. So now you fast forward, and then you have Post on the board of directors. They fire Tom George for a cause. Now, I understand why you could make the argument to fire Tom George for a cause. What I don't like is that they never explained what that cause was. Now, I can make that argument, but you guys actually fired him. I'm a sports talk radio show host. I'm not the president of the university. I'm not the president of the board of directors. It's not my job to make your argument for you. You should make your argument and tell us what your argument is. And I thought it was horrible that they would fire Tom Jurich and did not say anything. They not say why. They not say what the cause was. You can't do that. You can't fire a man that is as revered as Tom Jurich in this community that has done so much for the athletic department for the past, you know, twenty plus years, and fire him. Say you're firing him for a cause, 
and then don't say what that cause is. That is shady. I'm just gonna put it like this. You know what, Doctor Postal, Reverend Postal, Brother Postal, whatever you want to be called, Greg Postal. I don't know your credentials. I don't know who you are. You've been in this job for like 15 minutes, and for some reason, we're supposed to trust you for the best interest of the University of Louisville. I have a question about that. Board of Trustees, y'all been here for even less time than Dr. Postal. You were placed there by Matt Bevin. Pick, hand-picked guys, which is completely illegal, but you were there anyway. Tom Jurich. I have to correct. See, it's not completely illegal because the Republican-controlled the Republican -controlled Senate and House Change the laws to make it legal. See, see what they did was like this. See, like, if I shot you and it was murder, right? And it was like, hey, you're going to jail because it's murder. And I was like, man, I killed Rashawn. I was murdered. I know what to do. I'm gonna change the laws. So now shooting Rashawn is no longer murder. Now it's just, eh, it's okay. And that's exactly what they did. They changed the law. They changed the law in the state of Kentucky so he could make those appointments. Yeah. So. They did something illegal and then tried to rig it to where it's not illegal. Bottom line is this. I don't know what game you guys are playing. I do know what game what you guys are playing, but the bottom line is this, man. I, you know, the Louisville fans have been through enough. Uh, Tom Jurich is a guy who, over the last 20 years, has transformed the community. He's transformed the school. He's done a lot for the athletic programs. He's done a lot for gender equity. Um, he's done a lot for the non-revenue sports. He's uh, tried to put um, everything on the front burner. I mean, Tom Jurich was the best at what he did for a reason. And, and you know, the, the fact that he's now gone, um, it's a sad ending for him. It's a sad ending for Rick Pitino. Um, you know, but you, you, you get greedy. People get greedy, and sometimes uh, you, you stick your hand in the cookie jar too much. I think that's what happened with Tom George for Rick Pitino. I think Rick was kind of old and just really didn't pay no attention no more and became like this old man that just wanted to come and coach basketball. Um, but everybody is getting pretty much what they deserve for the sins that they committed of either omission or commission. So, you know, they get what they get, but it is tough to see those guys go. I hate to see it. Um, Tom George, I wished that you would have been able to hold on to your job, but, you know, I guess it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just it's a rough ending. It's tough. I'm just hoping with the way George was fired and the way he was let go that it's not going to be a domino or a trickle-down effect with all the coaches that he brought in. I mean, that would be absolutely devastating. Like you said, I think we've been through enough, but I feel like a lot of our coaches and there's a lot of people in the UofL organization that are very, very loyal to Jurch, and especially them firing him, not coming out saying why, not giving a reason or a just cause. I think that's not going to sit well with them over time. It's not going to sit well, but I, I do not expect any of the coaches to leave University of Louisville because if you leave University of Louisville, then we're really UofL fans. Were you really there for the university or were you just there for one man? If you're there for one man, then that means that Tom did not build a, a strong program. Because if you build a strong program, it should be able to last after you. And, you know, I believe that Tom did build a strong program and this will last after him. And, uh, you know, and we're going to see what Vince Tyra does. He's the interim athletic director. Uh, you know, they may get another athletic director in there. You know, we shall we shall see. Uh, luckily, the athletic department is on good footing. Um, luckily, going forward, you have great coaches right now. It looks like you may not have to place any coaches outside of the marquee sport basketball. But this is still a top program. This is still one of the top five 
uh, college basketball coaching jobs in the nation. So I, I fully expect you get to you know you to get somebody in there that is competent, that can that knows how to run a program. So I'm I'm not too worried about that. And all the U of L fans out there who saying that you're not going to you know take part anymore, that you're so upset at Tom Jurich, you know what? Be real fans. Be real fans. A program is bigger than one person. Look at Penn State. Penn State was decimated for three or four years after the whole uh, after the whole scandal with the kids, molestation, everything else. They were decimated for three or four years. But you know what? They win the Big Ten championship last year. Okay? They're now number two in the nation. You can bounce back. If you fall back on tradition, fall back on who you are as a program, you will be okay. So do not panic. Do not cry. Don't worry about it. Louisville's going to be all right. The program is bigger than one person. So are you saying uh, dry your eyes, please don't cry. You can be strong if you just hold on? Exactly. <laughs> That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Now, I, I did want to just take a to check at uh, some of the scores around college football as we're sitting there. I know some folks aren't necessarily around the television. Miami, who was up a couple of scores right now, Syracuse, uh, has closed it to a four-point game. Uh, and the Miami uh, the Hurricanes are once again in another nail-biter. They were in a nail-biter against Florida State. Uh, they were in another nail-biter as well. I can't remember who they were playing, but they played a couple of close games. It looks like Syracuse is going to look uh, to kick another field goal to bring this to a one-point game. Uh, also, in and Syracuse will be at Florida State next week. So Syracuse has a that, – that, that's, that's a heck of a, a, a trio of games where you have Clemson, then Miami, and then Florida State. It looks like uh, they just missed the field goal. Uh, did, did they make it? Okay. Oh, they, they, they did make the field goal. So it's a one-point game. Uh, so – uh, 20 to 19 as we head with about six minutes left uh, in the game. We also have Indiana. Uh, they are in a dogfight with Michigan State in the fourth quarter, 243 left. Michigan State's holding on to a one-point lead there. Kansas State is actually winning against, uh, you know, the, the, those choking losers, the Oklahoma State Sooners. They are the biggest group of chokes I've ever seen in my life. Um, so th those are kind of some of the close scores. Um, earlier on, you had uh, Wisconsin knock off Maryland. You had Oklahoma State uh, beat Charlie, uh, Charlie Strong in Texas. Uh, whoever that new that new coach at Texas is uh, from Houston. Uh, Tom Herman, there you go. Tom Herman, uh, they, they lose 13-10, um, and uh, Virginia Tech got a big win. Alabama's up huge. So, uh, you know, that's kind of your hit, your hit around college football. Kentucky is still losing 38-7 to against Mississippi State. So, um, you know, good job, Kentucky. You're awesome. <laughs> but, um, uh, hey, before we get out of here, uh, just uh, – well, what are kind of some of your thoughts around uh, the, the NFL? Uh, we had, of course, uh, NBA get kicked off on Tuesday. Donovan Mitchell had a big game uh, to open up the season. Lonzo Ball dropped 29 points, 9 assists, uh, and 12 rebounds uh, in his second game after just getting absolutely destroyed in his first game. Patrick Beverly destroyed him. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, of course, the Kentucky product, had a big game uh, for the Kings. Um, so, you know, it's it's seeming like it's going to be a very good season. A lot of new faces in, a, in new places. Um, you did have the unfortunate incident uh, with Gordon Hayward go down with a tough, tough injury. Uh, I ain't never seen nothing like it. 
forget, man. He, he t- hurt his foot, uh, fractured his ankle. His whole foot looked like something I do to one of my GI Joe men. His whole foot turned around the wrong way. That was crazy. Uh, so I, you know, big Godspeed to him. Hope he gets better uh, very, very quickly. Um, Jeremy Lin, uh, the Br- Brooklyn Nets, also went down with a very difficult injury. Uh, went down with the knee as well. So I mean, the NFL, the NFL, the NBA season is very, very exciting. Um, there's a lot of big games going on. It's exciting to see some of these Louisville guys getting out there. Montrez Harrell's playing well uh, for the Clippers. Um, so it's going to be a long season, 82 games, um, but it's good to have basketball back. You know me. I know you love your football. Miss Olivia, I know you love your football as well. I know y'all are some some football first people, but I, I love my basketball uh, being back on the air. And my Raiders won their football game on Thursday night, uh, beating the number one team in the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs. Derek Carr is a beast. Just FYI. But you need to tweet Marshawn Lynch and smack him for doing one of the dumbest things ever. No, you were defending him, and we didn't get to watch the game. We were we were just watching it on our phones, and he was defending him after watching that play. Uh, you know, back up, back, back up, back up. We got minute left. So to describe what happened, uh, Derek Carr gets sacked. Marshawn Lynch comes off the bench onto the sidelines to bear hug a referee, and he got ejected. And he's suspended for the next game. He deserved it because I was stupid. Free Marshawn Lynch, man. You know what? That referee put his hands on Marshawn Lynch. I know Marshawn Lynch came off the sidelines. You know what I'm saying? I know he's a little emotional, but he came out there not trying to start a fight. He was trying to calm things down. That referee put his hands on Marshawn. Marshawn just got him up off of him. You know, but Marshawn's from the hood. You can't just go around hugging brothers like that when it's very big and emotional. So he didn't do anything. He didn't attack the referee. It wasn't like, you know, Robin kicking the referee or Latrell Sprewell trying to choke somebody. Free Marshawn. I'm down with that. Yeah, Marshawn's done. But you know what? <laughs> no, is Marshawn done. But you know what? So is our time. So, hey, I'd like to thank everybody for listening to the Manny Event Sports Show. Don't forget, download our app. Go to manyeventsports101.com. Go to the website, download the app. And don't forget, November the 4th at 222 Isler Avenue, Super Student Athletes, the Manny Event Sports Show 10th anniversary is kicking off. $5 to get in. $20 for VIP. It's the Man of Sports Show 10th anniversary with the Rashawn Myers Celebrity Birthday Bash. It's going down November 24th. We want you there. And without any struggle, there is no progress. Peace.